Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. So listen, just it's so interesting. Here's one of the stories. I told you at the very beginning, I wrote down like everything I thought I knew about Jimmy Page. And one of the stories I'd always heard was that Paul McCartney was credited with coming up with the name Led Zeppelin, that it was at a party and that he explained what he was going to do with the Yardbirds and that he was going to reform the band, the Yardbirds, and blah, 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 and and that it's Paul McCartney who's credited with saying, well, that will go over like a Led Zeppelin. But that wasn't you didn't that didn't even rate the book. There isn't even you don't even mention it to not to say it's not true. Um, yes, it's John Entwistle. Um, essentially, in um, the summer, I think it's May or June uh, 1966, um, there is the first endeavor, and I think this was kind of like unconscious. I don't think it was formulated, but it's like the first endeavor, really, uh, to get together a, a, a super group. And it's around, it's around uh, uh, Jeff Beck, um, who was who was Jimmy's old friend? I mean, they'd kind of grown up as teenagers. They'd grown up together. They they lived near each other. They would Jeff Beck would come over to Jimmy's house in Epsom in Surrey, parents' house, and and they'd play guitar together. And uh, it's when Jeff Beck records uh, 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 his version of Ravel's Bolero, and on it is. Keith Moon is on drums. Nicky Hopkins is, is on piano, and it was it, the Who were kind of slightly falling apart at the time, and it was an endeavour to actually perhaps get something going with all these musicians. Uh, and um, uh, uh, John Entwistle uh, 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 said, "Oh no, this will this will go down like a Led Zeppelin." I'd never heard Paul McCartney quote. You've never heard that. Was... No, I'd never heard that Paul McCartney. Oh, interesting. Because yeah, I, 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 I'd always known that it was it was John Entwistle who came up with that. Love and that. I mean, cleverly. I mean, Led Zeppelin at that point was spelled L-E-A-D. But then Peter Grant pointed out uh, that he was concerned that audiences might think it was pronounced Lead Zeppelin, so we'll yes. drop the A, so it becomes Led Zeppelin, this kind of, which is kind of this sort of absurdist name, really. It's like something like, you know, the great absurdist writer Ian Esco, Ian Esco might have come up with. You know, it's like, it's kind of wonderful. It's, and people miss the humor about it. Well, and I, if, I, if I remember from the book, actually, uh, their manager, Peter Grant, was more concerned that American audiences would think it was Lead Zeppelin, and so it was uh, specifically thrown out on that basis that we had to you had to spell it L E D or we wouldn't pronounce it right, which is probably true. So I'm not I'm not arguing with not arguing with him, um, but that is so. So this has just been you know it's just, it's a great read, and yet at the same time it does touch on some stuff like. I, I was surprised. There's a couple early mentions about, like, Island Records didn't really want to sign Led Zeppelin. They were they had heard a lot of stories about how uh, Jimmy Page treated women, and they took kind of a high minded yeah, attitude. I think this is, but I think that's in um, in hindsight, actually. Maybe um, true. They did make the first offer. Chris Blackwell did make the first offer, and he and Island's offices at the time. We're in the same building in, in London's Oxford Street as um, as, as as Peter Grant uh, and Mickey Most, of course, the kind of legendary right. English producer and former South African, uh, the former rock star himself, pop star actually in South Africa. Um, 
So they knew each other. I mean, he liked Chris Brackwell liked Peter Grant, but um, I, he made an offer. I think it's twenty five thousand um, dollars. And but Peter Grant then used that as leverage when he went to New York. Yeah, to but that was the uh, Jerry Wexler, for example. As you point out in the book, Atlantic Records. As you point out in the book, that was only for the international rights as opposed to the American rights. And I, I thought, well, just to make the point, it seemed like there, the word was out a little bit on some of the debauchery of, of Led Zeppelin and what they had become famous for even before they were famous for being Led Zeppelin. And and I don't want to like, explain the mud shark story, but um, – and so I just – you know, it's probably too harsh for people even at this hour, but it's in the book and people can can hear some of the stuff that they did. You can read backstage. The, but but you Jimmy know. Page wasn't involved in, in that. Right, incident, which, know, I, which I was getting example. at. Was, that's the interesting part is that story, this very famous story about a woman and a mud shark, it ends up not even involving Jimmy Page. And that's I'd always heard was involved, that he was centrally involved in that. And if he was even there, that's debatable, right? So... Yeah, I mean, it was more of actually the road crew, really, and perhaps John Bonham. Do you have opinions that you feel you can't express? I think we all do. Are you looking for a place to stir up conversation and let your opinions be heard? I want to introduce you to a new alternative social media site, Snippy.com. Snippy is an unbiased social media platform that's all about conversation and community. Snippy not only encourages freedom of expression, but guarantees its users the ability to discuss topics freely, without any suppression from administrators. Check in for a quick update about current events, or spend hours scrolling through users' posts. Write your thoughts and strike up conversation. Snippy's founders have intentionally created a forum where anyone can feel free to express their thoughts, frustrations, ideas, anything really. It's a place where discussion is valued. A place where your opinion matters. Totally free. Go to snippy.com now to express yourself. No shadow banning, no character limit, and no suppression of conservative thought ever. Check out the website at snippy.com or download the app. No censorship. No agenda. Join us at Snippy to get the discussion rolling. So what is, I mean, then as we get down to cases, Aside from how people talk about him in retrospect or aside from, you know, things that were associated with him that he didn't do, like the big fight in July of 77 or the mud shark incident. I mean, what what was the kind of what are the real stories about Jimmy Page that that people sort of associated with women almost sacrificing themselves, you know, to Led Zeppelin or that he had some sort of ability you know, this control, almost a, um, an otherworldly control over women. Um, what are some of the real stories? Well, I think it's, you know, I think what, what people don't fully appreciate is that, you know, when a band comes off stage, they are buzzing with adrenaline. I mean, that's why, you know, all-night parties go on. That's why, you know, people, you know, uh, I mean, for example, I've written, I wrote Joe Strummer's biography. Strummer couldn't go to sleep till about nine in the morning because of the intensity of the energy that he put out. Um, <clears throat> and the, the adrenaline is just running through him. So one has to bear all this in mind, you know, when considering, I think, any rock act, you know, and, and, and their behavior. Plus the fact that, it just seemed very much of its time that kind of, you know, people, young women were, rather than with movie stars, really, they were absolutely enamored with the notion of rock stars. And 
<clears throat> I think that's particularly the case in Los Angeles, for example, where there were the legendary kind of Sunset Strip groupies. You know, they're, they're kind of underage, mostly, who would, who would be, um, you know, they, they, would, they would circulate around Rodney's English disco, Rodney Bingerheimer's uh, English disco, as it was called, which largely played only sort of English, English records, perhaps sometimes not always the best English records. But in fact, it was David Bowie who suggested to Rodney Bingerheimer that he start his, uh, his club. And out of that came kind of, you know, there were, there were sort of legendary, you know, uh, uh, L.A. groupies like Sable Star, for example. Um, and they were just kind of, but to an extent, they were just like friends of, uh, of these rock stars. I mean, you know, Mick, the names of like Mick Jagger and Rod Stewart always kind of reign highly in these stories. Um, <clears throat> but it's kind of, it does seem to be very much of a certain time. And my, nowadays, people might not really approve of what went on. Um, but, I, you know, I can remember in England, for example, you know, there's one rock, rock, rock group I, I knew who's like, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon. They'd be quite pleased because the girls were getting out of school and they might be dropping over. It was kind of, I think, nowadays, it's kind of would be really seen in a rather different light in the same way that the drug consumption, uh, it was kind of, this was a sort of new era. You know, people hadn't kind of done drugs in, sort of in, 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 in large amounts. And as someone pointed out to me, but no one said you can only do, you shouldn't really do a lot. You know, people didn't know. Really, this sounds naive, but they didn't seem to realize if you did a lot of drugs, you might die. I think kind of it, it, was, it was a rather naive time. Let's put it that way. Right, right. And I think this because is we're great. Talking about, we're talking about, sorry, but we're talking about people like, you know, I'm thinking, for example, you know, the Chicago plaster casters, um, which is quite extraordinary, really, who would take moles of you know, of, of, of rock stars' appendages, plaster Paris moles of their appendages. I mean, it's very strange, really, isn't it? Yeah, and, and this is something that, that they felt, you know, kind of in, entitled to as rock stars. But, and then there was a lot, as you mentioned, too, there was a lot of drugs involved. How, how long was it before Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, John Bonham, how long? Well, we know about John Bonham, so let's not say him. But how long was it before the other three guys began to scale it back when it came to drugs and alcohol? Uh, I don't think John Paul Jones was ever really very, very into uh, in, in, into drugs, uh, and I think Robert Plant also wasn't sort of ex- excessively so. And I think after the death of his son. You know, he allegedly kind of stopped doing everything apart from you know, uh, you know, drinking. Um, and I think that 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 Jimmy saw it as kind of fuel to kind of help his creativity. You know, I don't think it was hedonism. I mean, he was asked, and it's in the book actually. You know, Nick Kent, the um, the legendary English journalist, music journalist, asked him about. Um, you know, he asked asked him about his, his heroin consumption. Did he regret it? And he said no, because I, I think this this relates to physical graffiti, actually. To the recording, he says no. That's what got me through the work. That's what that's what got me through it. And he, and I think he knew what the consequences would be. It's a bit strange in a way because you know Alistair Crowley, who was kind of 
of whom he, you know, he he did certainly seem to revere. Crowley himself ended life as a heroin addict, and I think that you know Jimmy had these wilderness years <clears throat> when he was coming off it, um, and he kind of sort of disappeared from public view in a way, or cre- he disappeared creatively for a period. I think after Led Zeppelin, I mean Led Zeppelin were the biggest group in the world in the 1970s. The end. At the end of the decade, you can imagine what the come down must have been, even without the drugs. You know, where am I? What am I doing now? He had to rediscover himself. It was his art project. You know, don't, it wasn't just like you know a business idea. It was an art. Led Zeppelin were an art statement. It was his piece of art. It must have been very difficult coming down from that. For any, yeah. you know, you can see this with with so many you know other other musicians as i said I've, i wrote joe strummer's biography he had his wilderness years after the crash so did jimmy page after led zeppelin it was definitely the wilderness years which kind of was slightly overcome you know when when you know there was the page and plant reunion in the mid 90s and um and, and i think he you know he really redeemed himself creatively during that period Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.